The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everybody. It's Kat Sadler, and this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. It sure is a beautiful day. I'm Kat, and I'm so glad that you are back here um, listening to the show. It means so much to me that you hit play. I know that sounds so simple, but just want you to know how much I appreciate you choosing us and taking the time to listen. Um, I hope you're enjoying your summer. I mean, it really is getting a little more beautiful by the day. The world is opening up more. Things are starting to return to normal a little bit. And I am fresh off a nice little four-day vacay in the mountains, not going to lie. Much needed. I feel completely rejuvenated. And I'm excited because you're going to love my guest today. I really wish we could have done this uh, interview in person. We tried a handful of times with the COVID of it all. It was impossible. But today I bring you the beautiful, the gorgeous, both inside and out, Kate Bach. If you follow her on Instagram, I'm sure she will be familiar to you. If you've ever picked up a Sports Illustrated swim issue, she will be familiar to you. She is this gorgeous blonde babe of a woman who's been modeling since she was 12 years old. But let me tell you, she is so much more than that. She is whip smart. She's super crazy intelligent. And the way that she lives her life is so incredibly aspirational. That's precisely why I wanted to have her on this show, because she is a businesswoman. She is a chief brand officer of a hard seltzer. Um, She has her hand in a, a ton of different charities, certainly giving back to the world. But she has this truly clean and impeccable way of living, which is what she shares on her social media platforms, her recipes, her workouts, her lifestyle. And I just think the woman behind all of that and behind all of those offerings is super dope. So, oh yeah. And my kids are impressed with her, especially not because she's just super hot and I have two teenage boys, Um, but she is engaged to NBA star Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So she's in the spotlight. She's being a complete badass. And by the way, she's one of the nicest people I've ever met. So let's go behind the scenes a little bit, dig a little deeper into her life. I think her story is awesome. Here is Kate Bach. It's such a pleasure to have this woman on the show because as beautiful as she is on the outside, she is equally stunning uh, on the inside. So, wow, what a beautiful day to have Kate Bach join the show. Hi, Thank lady. You. Hello. Hi. Where are you, by the way? Where in the world are you? I'm in pouring rain, dreary, dark New York on this uh, 
stressful day. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like noticing your tan with your tank top. My pale white skin with this like gray shadow isn't really helping me, but <laughs> you have this sort of glow happening. I'm really loving that. Well, thank you. In LA, at least we do have the sunshine. We have the blue skies, but I will tell you that I spent the morning watching videos of you rolling around on beaches (laughs) with your gorgeous tan and amazing body. And I was like, holy, I mean, I went straight to my Tracy Anderson workout. I was like, if any, that you are so inspiring. Um, So that's how I spent my morning. So I don't feel that bad for you in the rain right now, Kate. (laughs) Fine, fine. My job's not the worst. (laughs) Okay, fine. Well, I always like to start the show with kind of checking in, like really checking in with people to just be like, how are you? Like, how how really are you doing? It's been a hell of a year. Uh, You know, we're finally seeing glimpses of of the next phase of all of this and maybe some some normalcy again. But but how how are you really? I'm good. It's definitely been an interesting year. I do feel really lucky that I kind of was able to find a way to pivot within my industry because obviously there was no like shoots. We weren't traveling. I'm someone that's usually on a plane like three times a week and that really just like died down to zero. So that was an adjustment, but I kind of found new ways with work, which I'm sure we'll talk about that kept me inspired and really excited about new things. But it's definitely, it's been tough. And I was actually just saying to Kevin the other night, Canada is so different than the United States right now. And I haven't been home for over a year. My brother's about to have a baby. My cousin had a baby. Like, I feel like there's a lot. One of my best, best friends had a baby last March. So her, her baby just turned one and I haven't even met the child yet. And I could go to Canada, but it's a two week quarantine in a government hotel. And you have to tell like, Basically, I can't go. I can't take like a month off of work just to go home. Like I wouldn't even right. see any for two weeks. And oh. I was sitting there going like, how weird is it that I kind of like can't go home? Right. Like, out of my own country. Isn't that like I could, but bit like a work, like I can't. Right. Weird? weird. Yes, it is weird. And it's, it's, it's just the whole thing is bizarre. I mean, hopefully this will be the only time in your and my lifetime that we're talking like this about any kind of experience because you couldn't have dreamt this up, right? Like uh, two years ago, it never would have been like, by the way, you are going to be locked out of your home country for an infinite amount of time. Like it, it is wild. And you know, what's crazy is, you know, I, the last time I saw you, we were at the Vanity Fair party at the Oscars. And that was- yeah. Right before, yeah, everything went to shit. Basically, big thing that we did, and then it kind of all stopped. That was the last big, which like it was a very fun night. It was it was a fun (laughs) event. I'm so glad I got to have that. But now it's so funny. I feel like at the beginning of this, it was like, oh, I can wear sweatpants every day. I'm gonna wear leggings. Like I'm never getting dressed. And now I'm like, can I please have an excuse to like put an outfit on or like do my makeup? Like I just I want clothes and fashion again, like so badly to get dressed up and sort of like feel good in clothes because all I do is wear sweatpants now. I know. And because you work out so um, much and most days, how many days would you say you work out? Are you a five, I mean, six? Yeah, yeah, most days. Almost every day. So you like living in your workout clothes and everything. No, no, no. I, I completely understand. I think everyone is craving, has this appetite to just like throw on stilettos and and like go as full glam as we can possibly go. Totally. 
As far as lockdown though, like what kind of personality or energy are you? Like, cause some people it's like, Ooh, this is kind of nice in the sense that, you know, I'm still, I'm centered, the pressure's off, you know, it's almost kind of a nice little sacred time that people were able to experience the lucky ones. Um, but what was it like for you? Are you like climbing the walls? Like get me on a plane. I want to be in Bali or, you know, how, how were you through that? I think it was very interesting for me because literally during, even if I'm not working, usually just I fly between Cleveland and New York. I, I fly all the time. So me being in one place was very strange, but I'm definitely the type that can't sit around and do nothing. So I was trying to be proactive and, you know, shoot videos and do brand partnerships in ways that I could from home. But then that was taking on the whole new learning curve of how to edit a video and nothing makes me more insane. <laughs> Being able to do something and not knowing how to like, I'm like on actually, you know, my friend Allie, she was also with us on the trip. So I'm like on zoom with Allie, like trying to get her to explain to me how to edit the video, but she can't touch my screen. And I'm like, right. More. So it was, we, it was a big learning curve, but I feel like I learned some great new skills. Yeah. Yeah. And against the wall a few times. That's okay. You've got your palm pet there to, you know, take the edge off, (laughs) which we will get to. We will get to because um, another reason I just love celebrating you is because, you know, you are the the living example of a woman just doing so many things and you are that hyphenate, that multi-hyphenate doing so much business stuff and the social stuff and the wellness and, and the SI swimsuit, obviously. So two really kick-ass things happened for you during the pandemic. One, you were surprised with the news that you were on the cover of SI Swim. That's pretty amazing. And two, you got engaged during the pandemic. So if I, I'm thinking from where we're sitting, it looks pretty good. This year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually feel like, because every year when Sports Illustrated comes out, everyone kind of knows the date it's coming out. So for the week before, they always surprise the girls on the cover. You never know. I think people always think that we know, but no one knows. Even the cover girl doesn't know until a couple of days before on the inside, they surprise you. So you always, the few days before it comes out, you're like, do I have a weird call? Like, is anyone like asking me to do a strange casting that like could be a surprise? But this year, because of the pandemic, everything, all the dates had been moved. We didn't know when it was coming out. Like it was very... I have no idea. So when I was surprised, I was so floored because I, it wasn't even on my mind as an option. I like went mute, which was an interesting reaction because Kevin was like, are you going to cry? Are you going to scream? And I was just like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, that's, you know, it's so funny. People do. Re- I'm like you. Some people react to like shock and like scream and jump up and down and like are very physical. I yeah. do the same thing when I'm shocked. I just, I like my whole body just goes paralyzed. Like, yeah. oh my yeah. God, is this for, like, you know, it's like my face doing what you want it to do. Like it's quite <laughs> it's like frozen. I mean, I did the same thing when he proposed and he was like, so are you going to like answer or like, <laughs> say anything? And I was just like so confused and shocked, happy, but just, I don't know. I need to work on that maybe. Uh, so you were equally surprised when he proposed. You really had like no idea. Uh-oh, he's acting a little different. It's coming. It's coming. And did you guys like talk about it before or was this like left field bomb dropped? No, I mean, we've been together for five years and we very much talk about our future and our life and we live together. So I felt 
always that we were on the path of this and we've like talked about it, but never, I was always very insistent with like, I never want to pressure him. I never want him to feel like I made him do it. Like, I always want to know that he feels like he chose this, like that I I want to be with you, but I want you to choose when you do it, how you do it. I never showed him a ring. I never like pushed in any way. So I had a feeling that he would maybe do it in the off season. Like it was during the season and I'm like, we're kind of in this locked in schedule. They have a game every other day. Like I just like, didn't think it was on the table. And just by chance, he played the Knicks in New York the day before my birthday. So he was in town for my birthday. So we were going to have a fun dinner. And I was so excited that we actually got to celebrate it together. Cause that's always like up in the air where he'll be on my birthday. Cause it's always during the season. So I was excited for this nice dinner, but I didn't, think anything more of it. I just thought it was like a really fun birthday. Oh, that's amazing. I love, I'm so happy for you. I'm, I see your ring through our zoom right now. Like that is so, so wild. I really just stare at it all the time still. Like I send him pictures regularly. Like, Oh, look, I was sitting like this today. (laughs) (laughs) All day. She has like a print on her cheek from her, like her fist always like staring. Well, good. Yeah. None of us could blame you. It is beautiful. And you guys really, I mean, listen, you know, we, we're not, we're not living with you, although please adopt me. Um, <laughs> and your dog Vestry, are you kidding me? Which I want to talk about, but from where we're sitting, it just really does look like the fairy tale. And so it couldn't have happened to a nicer person. And I'm really happy for you. Yeah. Really? Are you in the planning stages? Are you, are you think you're going to be like a bridezilla at the end of the day? Where are you at with all that? I don't think I'll be a bridezilla, but I am definitely very opinionated. So like with design and aesthetic, but so is Kevin and very lucky for both of us. We're completely aligned, like in our home decor, in our, we have multiple like mood boards and shared folders of home decor albums or now wedding planning. And we really are completely aligned, which is like a real godsend, I think very lucky. Um, so I think together we'll be opinionated, but we also have just like a clear vision that I think we're drawing out pretty well. So I think it will not be too hard to bring it to life. Oh, uh, that's so cool. How lucky, how rare, how rare yeah. to have all of that same desire and passion that aligns like that. No I wonder know. you guys are going to get married. You know, what's so funny is so many people were like, oh, are you going to try on dresses? How are you going to do it? And I was like, when I go shopping for clothes, I send Kevin my outfits. Like he gets my style. He like has good opinions. He, he picks my jewelry a lot of the time. And I like, he's very much the person I send it to. So I'm like, what do you think of this? What he gets it. So I feel like he's the opinion I want. (laughs) Like you have a legitimate best friend and a lover and soon to be husband. Gosh, does he have any brothers? I should know that. (laughs) He does. (laughs) All right, damn it. I mean, anyway, it's fine. Back to to as I swim because you were you were notified that you were on the cover over the pandemic, and now you are coming back on the July 2021 cover. So how did that go down? Cover we don't know yet. Actually, we don't know. We just know you're featured. Correct. I'm in the issue. I mean, a girl can dream. That'd be cool if I was on it again. Back to I mean, back. Let's like speak it into reality. Let's just make that a thing. We'll bring this back when it comes out and we'll be like, okay. we predicted this. <laughs> I mean, I hope. But no, they're actually, I'm actually today headed to Atlantic City to help mentor the model search contestants that are shooting, which is fun. And so they're still shooting for this issue. 
I've already shot, but the issue will come out in July. And I assume that week we'll find out whoever's on the cover, but I don't know yet. Gosh, how many years now too? Because I know that's another thing for you. I mean, you have been featured for how many, eight years, seven, eight, nine, nine years in a row. That in and of itself is an achievement. It feels like it's been a minute. So I can't like totally compute that it's been that long. But also when I look back for my first year, I'm like, I was a child. (laughs) like So weird. So it's been cool, like growing up with this brand and they've really helped me along the way, grow into different things or helped me get to other places. And I've developed these friendships with people that I really think, you know, I got engaged and like you FaceTime everyone. I think I FaceTime like four people in the SI staff because they're like in my inner circle now because we just spend so much time together and talk about life and work. And we travel to all over the world together. So you're on airports for 20 hours and, you know, you end up in these intimate situations. So it's really cool to grow up with a brand. Like, I don't really think that happens that often that you get to work with the same people for that long. Seriously. It's like family. It's like family for you. For Mm -hmm. people who don't know, you were discovered at a swimming pool when you were 12. Um, and you've been modeling essentially ever since. And in watching you, when I watch, you know, because obviously I've seen your images everywhere, but I hadn't really deep dived into watching you model like in those videos and like really watching you work. And it's just, it's so mind blowing. Like I, I literally was like, I have to step away from the computer. Like I'm like staring, I stared at you all morning. I'm not joking. But like, you're just such a natural and I know how much work is involved in that. It is, it, does it just, it, does it feel second nature now? Like I'm watching you like walking around, you know, next to naked. You're so comfortable in your skin. You exude so much confidence, but like, is there, does you do have to turn that on or is that just now your second skin? It's just so, so normal for you. I think it's something you have to grow into. I don't think I didn't always feel like that. And there was definitely years when I first started modeling and I lived in Paris and I never felt like I was good enough or that I could totally be what I wanted to be. Like whether it was thin enough or whatever enough. Like it was like, I always, there's always more that I could be that I wasn't achieving kind of thing. But maybe over the years I learned how I feel best, what gives me energy, what makes my body feel good. And like, learn how to love my body instead of feeling like I'm covering it. Cause there's, you know, things about my body I didn't like. So you'd always try to like kind of sit in a position to cover it. And then you look weird and that doesn't help. So I think when you realize the more you kind of exude confidence, the more people think you are confident, kind of like if you put it out there, then that's what people see. But if you're trying to cover something, that's what people see. Yes. So you kind of have to learn to own it. And then what people are attracted to is your confidence and your smile and your aura and your, you know, your power instead of your, what you're insecure about being hidden. Yes, completely. And I think that's important to mention to people who are listening, who look at people who physically look like you and go, oh yeah, like I feel sorry for her insecurities, but I don't care who you are or what size you are or what shape you are. Every woman, you know, not struggles necessarily, but every woman, you know, can be difficult on her own skin or her own body or how did you get to that point of power? And like, do you do certain things? Do you write a gratitude journal? Do you do affirmations? Do you read self-help book? Like, how did you kind of find that that confidence personally? I think I've had some really good friends in this industry for a long time. And and firstly, just talking about someone being a model and having an insecurity as, you know, anyone 
I actually found it interesting because sometimes we do lingerie shows or lingerie casting. So a lot of my girlfriends, like we're all in the same boat or like you're in your underwear in front of like, no matter who you are being in your underwear and being asked to walk down a runway and have a table of 10 people in a row, look at you, no expression, no smile, write some notes and then tell you no, thank you is not a fun experience, you know, like no matter who you are and to see, I'm like with my girlfriends and all these girls are what the world calls supermodels, but everyone in there is like crippled with anxiety and self-doubt and, you know, insecurities. It's not like because someone looks a certain way, that means their mental state is good and positive and happy. So just to be aware whatever you're insecure about, just because you think someone else doesn't have that doesn't mean that they don't have their own insecurity in their head. And they might be the most beautiful person in the world to you, but maybe they're living in like a bad place in their head. You know, there's a correlation there. Completely. And just having that compassion for people because, you know, day by day, regardless of, of all of that. Yeah. But I think having girlfriends that you can talk to about your insecurities. Like, I think there's some people you're like, I don't want to like acknowledge that I have a problem to this person. But if you have some really close friends or family or whoever you can talk to and realize that everyone has it, I think that's what kind of like, let me let go of it a little is like, no one's really walking into a room a thousand percent confident, but you just kind of got to like fake it till you make it, put it out there, like start pretending. And then it will like get there that you believe in yourself. Yeah. It's like when people say to smile, even if you don't feel like it, there is like something physiological that like shifts, you know, it's why I think personally, the power of our thoughts are so like, it's so huge for me because what we tell ourselves becomes the soundtrack to our lives. And if we're not, you know, fine tuning that by the way, most days, it's like a discipline for me as much as working out physically. It's like, I have to get in my head and, and again, just be nice to ourselves and have compassion to ourselves and, 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 uh, highlight all of the wonderful things about ourselves instead of that nagging, like we pick the one thing that, you know, is, that we're unhappy with. And, and we're, so many people are guilty of that. It's very human to do that. Um, but, I, but I love hearing you say that. And being vulnerable with your friends. It's kind of like what we're doing here and why I want to do shows like this. It's like, we're all more alike than we are different. And um, it makes people feel less alone in, in the meanwhile. Yeah, and I think you realize, like if you're commiserating in a certain way with someone or they're revealing what their insecurity is, if you listen to yourself, coach your friend through it kind of, and you're like, I don't see that in you. Like I see these things about you. I think you're amazing. I think you're beautiful. I, and then you realize like, that's kind of what you should be telling yourself too. Like no one is looking at the one thing that you don't like about yourself. They're looking about the things they do like about you. Like you got to let it go. Completely. Before we move on to, I think we're going to have to take a halftime sip of Pompette. Um, (laughs) but, but in regards to SI Swim and the many years you've worked with them and the places you've traveled, I mean, all over the world. And like, you've had a front row seat to like the most phenomenal places. Is there a standout highlight location that will forever kind of be cemented as your favorite? Mm. Location that we've been to. I mean, I think just because now it's always going to be my favorite year was Bali, but also I had never been to Bali and I love kind of that region. I love the food. I love the smells, the texture that like, I just am really drawn to that. And we had black sand beaches, white sand beaches, like caverns, black rocks. Like it was really every, every different kind of zone you could want beautiful jungle, beautiful waterfall beach. 
So Bali was pretty special for me. Where did you shoot for this year's July issue that we're about to see? Are you allowed to say that yet? I was literally, that was what was happening. I I think we are. Yeah. I, um, this year we weren't allowed to travel outside of the United States because of COVID, which made things very interesting to shoot in the winter in the United States, multiple locations. But I think I got very lucky with Miami, Florida. Ah, okay. That's (laughs) nice. I thought you were going to say, because for people who don't know, Kate is also very talented in the snow and um, she's a amazing snowboarder. And do you ski or just snowboard? I'm trying to remember. I, I, yeah, I'm a, I kind of snowboarded and I decided recently I want to go back to skiing. I was a skier as a kid. Then I went to snowboarding and now I want to, want to be good at both. You guys, I was on the slopes with Kate and like, I'm like, please don't put me next to her. First of all, she's like 5'10", and you make everything look good. All of our perfect moment sports gear that we were all decked out in, which <laughs> amazing. I know, I know. But but you're a phenomenal skier too. That's what I remember. I was like, just trying to keep up with you behind you, doing your thing. So I thought you were going to say that you shot like <laughs> in a bikini on a mountain somewhere in the snow. But no, you got to be in Miami. Yeah. Okay, yeah. not bad. Not bad. I like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And as far as experiences, because, you know, we are living in a climate and a time when a lot of models have come forward and said they've had some not so nice experiences. Have you, have you come across that at all? Have you always, because again, watching these videos of you and these photographers, and it does look like family. It looks like such a positive environment. Is that usually the case or have you had experiences modeling where you do go home and you are upset or you've been pissed off or you've been offended while shooting? Yes. Definitely. I think this is not an industry for someone with thin skin. Like you're going to be put down a lot. And I think I had like the, I don't know if it's an advantage or like a bad thing sometimes, but I went to French school. I always spoke French. I was Canadian and I moved to Paris when I was 18, when I first started and I would go to set and I would hear the client talking about me. Cause I don't think they understood that I spoke French. Cause I walked in and they did just think you're American pretty much always all American looking girl. And so they would start kind of like criticizing or talking about me or like, Ooh, like she's not quite this or whatever. And I would hear them and that really affected me. You know, I never felt like I could be good enough, but they didn't know that I understood, but they're still just literally standing. Like you're wearing someone's outfit, which might be a bikini, which might be a set of underwear. And there's people just going like, Oh, you know, like, how does that feel? And you can't break, right? I mean, that's like part of your job is you have to like stay in character almost. You can't break. I mean, and then, so you, you, you go home with that, I guess. That's gotta be difficult. That's gotta be yeah, really hard. It doesn't feel good, but it just, I think it's definitely gotten a lot better and our industry is much more accepting of all body types and shapes and people. And that now being different is beautiful. But when I first started, it was like, we should all be hangers and all be carbon copies of each other. And everyone should be rail thin. And like, that is it. Yeah. So it was like, if you ate, you would sort of like hate on yourself a little. Cause like, am I going to be skinny enough? Which was a very tough model to try to imitate. Cause it, it was just impossible. You could never be skinny enough. You know, yeah. I remember being like, is it bony enough here? Like, can you see all of my like rib cage in my chest? Like that means maybe I'm skinny enough. Damn. So, but, but, but the industry has shifted and it is shifting. That must be, be nice and a relief. Yeah. Now I think more than ever, people also hire you for your personality and for what you bring. And there's a lot more 
speaking or having actually the person be known as themselves, not just another blonde girl, like just you actually get to have a personality and speak words and have a reputation kind of as yourself beyond the clothing that you're wearing. So that's very cool. And I think people now can, you know, they used to just get a FedEx of our books, which were our portfolios of us, you know, looking like angular, cool fashion models. And now they look at your Instagram as well as your online portfolio, and they can really get a fuller picture of, they can see you with makeup, without makeup, with your family, doing sports, you know, talking in a video. So they get a way broader picture of who they're hiring rather than literally just like, do you have the right bone structure for my outfit? Yes. Yes. So that's so, so true and so dope. And for, for some young girls kind of coming up now, I mean, what advice would you give them? Because their footprint, especially social, it's out there. I mean, I'm, I'm telling my kids all the time, like be careful and, and what you put out into the world can come back and bite you. But if you're an aspiring model and you really want to be seen in the best way, any advice for, for those girls who would like to follow in your footsteps? Yeah. I mean, I think it's so different from when I started. It's such a whole different industry to get into because now it seems like everyone's kind of a model on Instagram, like a model is such a broad term now. But I think what people remember is when you're respectful, when you're kind, when you acknowledge everybody on set, when you really like engage, if you just sit there on your phone and don't talk to people, they'll forget you as easily as you'll forget them. But if you actually speak to everyone and kind of get to know them and look them in the eye, they'll remember you. Yes. Yes. That's great advice. You have kind of pivoted or perhaps it was all along, but so much of your brand is health and it is wellness. And it is, I mean, to watch your Instagram and your stories, I mean, you are absolutely walking the walk. I'm like writing down your recipes. I'm getting the plant-based protein you're adding to your smoothies, your workouts. I'm like, it's just like you are, you are doing it every day. So was there ever a, a pivotal moment within your upbringing or your, you know, young kind of adult life where you really focused on the the health and wellness piece or, or were you always healthy? Like, or did, did that, did you have any kind of awakening? You know, when did this become so important to you? So I, yeah, I grew up in Vancouver, Canada and my mom legitimately shopped at like farmer's markets, only organic food. Like we were not allowed any processed sugar basically ever like we yeah I remember we got to have birthday cereals so my two siblings so three times a year we were able to get like honey nut cheerios like that was like the treat and we'd share them between the three of us so that was like maybe a bowl and a half each you know like and that was it like we really ate very clean and at that time I was like oh it's so annoying like I want McDonald's or like I want you know whatever honey nut Cheerios or fruit loops or whatever. Honey nut Cheerios are even kind of the healthy ish of the sugar cereals. I know. know. So funny, but we just like, weren't allowed those things. And I didn't appreciate it or like really notice as a kid. And then I moved to Paris when I was 18 and was like thrown into a whole different universe of like cooking for yourself, living in an apartment, buying your own groceries and like, whoa. And I think it took me a minute to realize Also growing up, I played soccer, field hockey. I was on the swim team, like baseball. I was literally from 6 a.m. going to swim practice to school, to soccer practice, back to another swim practice. I was an athlete. So that adjustment of moving to Europe and not knowing, like I never really went to a gym before. I just like did soccer practice or did swimming. So I didn't really know what to do in a gym or what, like 
how did that work? Yeah. Do I have to like self-motivate? Yeah. Yeah. Or even like know what to do. I was like an elliptical, like, I don't know, like, what do you do in the gym? I don't like no workouts. So I think it just took me a while to learn what works for my body, what makes me feel good, what foods make me feel good. Cause I, when I first started, it was like, you're on set, you need energy, you have a Coca-Cola and you'll like pep up. And then like, you learn like, oh no, that will give you like an up and then a bad crash and you're not going to feel so great. And learning those different things along the way, I think I've just kind of figured out and lucky for me, Kevin is very similar. He's an athlete. He's very conscious of what he eats and puts in his body. And we're both kind of motivating to each other. Like, okay, we had, you know, a pizza. It was delicious. We loved it. But do you want to just like get on the bikes while we watch our show tonight and we'll sit together and just do like a slow burn bike for an hour. And we're like, yeah, okay, I'll do it with you. So we kind of help each other. We really have like a balanced life. I think we do a good job of, I have treats after dinner. I don't feel like I'm totally limited. I drink wine, but when I make dessert, it's like an avocado chocolate pudding. Have you tried that? No, it sounds weird. Don't worry. doesn't taste like avocado at all. It's avocado dates and cacao in a blender. It tastes like chocolate mousse. It's my favorite dessert. It's like super rich and chocolatey and doesn't taste like avocado at all. And it's my favorite. I put raspberries and toasted almonds on top. It's so good. That sounds divine. I love cacao and I really love avocado. I wonder Mm -hmm. if I could try that on my 16 year old. He likes avocados and just be like, yeah, it's chocolate. It's chocolate. You're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. Don't tell him. And then later, (gasps) don't tell him ahead of time because people are like, no, I don't want that. (sighs) You should come out with a recipe book. Is that in the works at all? I'm working on it. Oh my God. What's so funny is I actually just bought this and it's like a recipe book that you fill in yourself. So I've just got it. So it's like, I can fill in all of my, my recipes and directions. So I'll have them notes oh, collected. So you can do a little something with that. When you were in Paris, tell me you at least, you know, treated yourself to some of that bread and butter. <laughs> I'm just, I'm back to Paris. You lived in Paris. I'm like, tell me you had the pun. What is it? Pan chocolate. Oh, chocolate. Yeah. That was like the worst, you know, moving to Europe and you're like, well, what do they eat here? Like cheese and bread. And I'm allergic to dairy. So I was like, so bread, uh, not going to work. Like suddenly I'm not doing all the sports and then I have to cook for myself, which like, I feel like in school, they should do a little bit better work of teaching you taxes and cooking. Yes. 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 I think you're right. All of these practical things that would be really, really nice. It's interesting to hear about your upbringing and and your relationship with food though, because I do think, I mean, look, it's obviously served you so well. And now in your adult life, you're sharing all of these wonderful, you know, teachings and recipes with your audience. I had a very different, very different. So I, I struggle a little bit more because I was raised in the Midwest and mind you, this was before the internet. So it wasn't like I had even, a ch- I didn't have even access to the right information at my fingertips, you know? So in my little small town, it was like a farm town, you know, you just ate whatever was on the table. My grams made hot dogs. We thought that was cool, you know? And it's like, my mom would bring home, you know, we were all thankfully like genetically okay. It wasn't like we all turned obese or anything, but I never really had the aha moment about how food is fuel and what that really means to our overall health until until I already had two kids. I was in my early 30s and I saw that movie Food Inc., the documentary. Don't know if you've seen it. If anyone hasn't, I still think it's a great documentary to watch. But mm-hmm. it was finally when I saw 
where our food comes from, that really just struck such a nerve in me. And then I started to put together the industrialization of food. And then I, and then of course the science and the food as medicine and what it does to our health over time. So mm-hmm. it's harder for me because I still, I definitely, I'm not, I watched you and you're so aspirational, but I, I definitely still go back to some of that, my root, you know. You grew up with, you crave. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, I still, you know, really love some French fries. And, you know, everyone has a different headspace because one of my cousins, she always comes back to me because she has two kids. She grew up, she was not allowed sugar, like, no sugar in the house, no ice cream, no dessert, never. So she's like, when I finished high school, went to college, I was like, bring on the sugar. Like, I'm going to eat whatever I want. And she thinks because she was so limited that now that she's an adult, she's like, I'm going to eat whatever I want. And that's been a really hard balance for her. So when she had her kids, she's like, what do you think? Like a little or some, or what's the way to do it so that you don't feel like you're in food jail, but like you also don't eat nonstop sugar because sugar is like the worst. Yeah, no, I know. And I do think you're right. And it's hard to tell kids sugar's the worst because it is, it's everywhere. They, it is marketed to them. It's at their schools. It's in the vending machines. You're even doing something with a school program, right? And how to, to try and make school, is it food focused or is it movement focused? And tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. It's called wellness in the schools. And I was looking to give back and try to figure out a charity to work with. And I didn't feel like there was anything that was super connecting for me. So I was literally just like Googling like wellness schools, like what could, what, you know, something in that world. And the charity is called Wellness in the Schools. So it was that easy. <laughs> they basically try to provide kids with kind of nutritious ideas, like recipes, activities, like things that they can do to move their bodies, just to kind of connect with the idea that when you eat more colorful foods on your plate that are fresh, that those will make you feel good. And the more, you know, the rainbow of colors you can put, that's better for your body or you know, if you want to move around, why don't you do this little fitness challenge? And they have different videos that you can do. I'm really excited to finally be able to do some stuff in person once COVID is over, but we've been creating videos that we can do in the meantime and doing cooking lives of like fun snacks that you can make at home just to kind of educate kids. Cause I really think the, the founder was a school principal and she really saw that kids weren't performing as well or focusing as well when they were eating the cafeteria food, which was unfortunately like tater tots and sugar. So she was just trying to find ways to incorporate teaching healthy eating to kids because the younger you learn, the better you are. I think if you understand, I always learned from my mom, like if you just tell a kid no, with no explanation, they're going to try to fight back kind of. Mm -hmm. But if you explain to them like why this is so much better, you're more likely to get somewhere with them. Yes. Anything, but like maybe they'll hear you. Completely. No, you're absolutely right. And, and you bring up such a good point and what an amazing cause, because it's so interesting to me that the the study, your friend, you were talking about, there've been countless studies like that, right. That show that like productivity and, and test scores and grades and all that are are directly, you know, connected to what these kids are feeling their bodies with, but -hmm. it's like our school system is like the the food is a hot mess in most places. And then you think of hospitals and like what we are fed in hospitals. I mean, this is the place where we're supposed to like get well and that they have the absolute worst food you could ever give to people. It's just mind blowing to me. But let's talk about alcohol. 
<laughs> wow, let me just back off with a little sip over here. <laughs> because that's depressing. I'll just have some of my Pompette cucumber lime hard seltzer. So tell every okay, she's pouring. I love this. Yes. You pour. What flavor are you having? I'm doing cucumber lime too. Oh, the same. Okay. I, I even got this fancy glass out. Oh, I saw you really, you brought it. I love those. That's like the one thing I definitely want at the wedding is a vintage champagne glass sh- like tower. I was like, all the things, this is what I want. Ooh, you'll get it. She gets what she wants. Um, you are the chief brand officer for Pompette. So, I mean, this is, um, we think of hard seltzer and I do, I think of a can and, you know, that's the typical. This is very different. How did you get involved? And And it is, like, dare I say, good for us. Maybe not. It's not bad for us. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. So basically Sports Illustrated did a partnership with Pompat last summer. So they gifted all the girls. I tried the product and while I was even receiving it, the editors who I'm saying already know me so well, were texting like, this is like really you, this product, like it's you in a bottle, the way it's designed, like the aesthetic, because I have a very strong aesthetic and I feel like everyone like kind of gets my, my neutral tones and my vibe if you kind of follow me or know me. And so branding wise, I was already like, okay, what is this? And then I tried it and it's natural, clean, gluten-free, low sugar, low calorie. It's 40 calories a class, 160 per bottle, like fresh. It has no weird aspartame taste. There's four flavors. I liked them all. I was making, you can make cocktails with them or just drink it on ice. And I was like, hmm, quite into this. Like, it's yeah. So yeah. I figure out a way to work together beyond just doing, you know, like a paid post kind of situation. Cause there's a lot of that and those are great, but I wanted to get more involved. And I was really lucky that they were open to that. And we kind of talked about different ways I can help. And I've been kind of helped doing the rebrand for their social media, doing the distribution meeting and trying to get them placed all over the United States and ideally in Canada and all over the world soon, getting a place in hotels, restaurants, you know, it's fun to now be working on the inside of a brand and I'm doing shoots and stuff for them. And it's cool to be able to do the creative and really promote the brand from the inside out. It's been like a very fun project because I've always been the one on just showing up on set. And now I get to like be the brainstorm, do the styling, you know, pull, make mood boards, kind of create a whole world for this brand to live in and kind of try to promote that. And it's just been a super fun project to work on. And I hope that I, I mean, I really do believe in this brand and I think that it can take over the world. So I'm just trying to do there. I love these goals. Take over the world. This is what I'm talking about. That's see, that's the spirit. We, we don't just do it. We're taking over the world while we do it. Yeah, we're going big. We're going big. And you and Kevin also invest in another company and it's the natural like nut butter company. Remind yeah. me of the name. I've lost. Yeah. I, I'm, you've got me over here drinking. Now I'm getting lost in my notes. I'm like, shit, what the heck? <laughs> so fun fact, Pompette actually means a little tipsy in French. So there you go. Oh, I'm a little tipsy and I'm very happy about it. This is a good Wednesday that we're speaking. Um, what's, oh, it's Abby's butter. Abby's better. Butter <laughs> yeah. off, people. <laughs> Abby's better. I, I, I must yeah. try this, but you're, you're an investor, you and Kevin, and I, this is a female owned business and, and the gal that started was super young, right? Yeah. So Abby herself started it at 16 and it's actually, we were talking about wellness in the schools too, because she 
was young and found that there wasn't like healthy snacks that she could have. And she found a lot of the nut butters and stuff had a lot of additives and sugars and like kind of weird things in there. So she was 16, started blending nuts in a blender and making different flavored nut butters, started selling it at farmer's markets. And now she's like in Walmart's, Whole Foods all over the country doing so well. So we had the opportunity to meet her and I think it was very cool for Kevin and I, he eats it as an athlete, you know, after games or before to have a snack of protein on the way I make food at home with it. I add it in our smoothies or our healthy protein pancakes or whatever I'm cooking for us. So it kind of was a great one that made sense for both of us and being able to support a young female entrepreneur was just a cool, cool brand to get involved with. You're busy. You're doing a lot. I'm busy. (laughs) Yeah. It's busy in a whole new way. I feel like I'm just using sort of like my brain and vision in such a different way than before, which has been really fun, sometimes overwhelming, but very good. Yeah. When you get overwhelmed with it all, I mean, you're planning a wedding, you know, you're limited because we are still technically in a pandemic and you're, you're juggling all the balls in the air and, and so many women are, but when you start to get a little woo-hoo, frazzled. Um, how do, how do you kind of come back down and get centered and and take a little you know take a time out for some self care? Yeah, actually, I think you do this too. I really like hot yoga. You mm-hmm. do that too, right? I I think you're actually one of the first people I saw that was doing hot yoga because they were all closed for like the whole pandemic. And I'm like, when is it going to open? Because nothing makes me kind of feel as calm as a really good stretch hot yoga class, like where you really, you're like, I didn't even know my hip flexor was this tight, but now that it's released, I'm like, Oh, I can breathe again. Like whatever stress I have, I definitely hold it in my body, like in my neck or my somewhere in my body. And when I do that, I think I just, I know it's an hour. So I know exactly how long I'm going to be like unavailable for my phone is not with me. And that really helps me just like zone out. And I always feel better after. Mm, yes. It's, I, I, I equate it to, to a glass of red wine or a couple of glasses because you get the same result, but it's obviously much better for you because you do. I, I, I've talked about this on a couple episodes and I think unless you really kind of commit to yoga, you don't really understand, you know, you hear about yoga. I was like that for years. And I was just like, eh, I mean, I'm like you, I kind of grew up an athlete. I like to move. I love to dance. You know, I like to be busy. And any kind of movement is awesome, you guys. Obviously, just move because I think that makes us all feel so much better. But there's something about hot yoga that it is, it is the most, you come out of there just so calm and so relaxed and like nothing can touch you. It's just a beautiful high. It really, really is. They force you to sigh in the class, even if you didn't realize you needed to. Once you've like done the breathing exercise of sighing five times, you're like, oh, okay, I'm good. <laughs> like that just like released so much for me that I didn't even like know was sitting there so tight in my chest. Yes, completely, completely. Well, before I let you go, I was going to ask you, I don't know it's coming out of left field now, but as it pertains to, to Kevin, your very handsome fiance, mm-hmm. um, how, how does he like you best? Cause we talk a lot about beauty and, you know, and I'm sure you, I don't know, but you know, your job has you not wearing a lot of clothes. Maybe you walk around the house, butt naked. I don't know. Uh, how does he like you best? Does he like you like super glammed up, like very red carpet ready, Kate? Or does he prefer you completely no makeup, you know, first thing in the morning? He's definitely the type that's like, what's on your eyelids? Like, why do your eyes, like, do your eyes look so weird? Like with a lot of makeup, like he's like, take it off. Like, I don't like that stuff on your face. Like he's definitely that type. 
definitely not in. I remember when I first started going to basketball games and I was like, I don't know what this is like. Like some of the other basketball wives have full glam. Like, how does this work? And I like tried doing eyeshadow with like looks and he was like, no, (laughs) whatever you're doing here, like just stop, just lay her down. So I think it's like jeans and a t-shirt. Like he's kind of a chill kind of person. Yeah. 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 That's nice. On a walk with Vestry. That's probably where he likes me the best. (laughs) She's an angel. Let's be real. Honestly, like, you know, I love dogs. I have two dogs, but every time I see Vestry in your pictures, I'm just like, she, how old is she now? She's two and almost a half, two and a half. Yeah. And what kind of dog is she? I should know that. Vishla. She's a very tiny Vishla though. They can be a lot bigger and she just turned out to be very small and petite. And she's just so cute. She really just is so cute. And I swear she knows what I'm saying. Maybe all dog owners say that they probably do, but like, I swear I speak to her all day when we're alone and she's like, oh, okay, cool. We're going shopping. Like, great. I love your outfit. Like I'll just sit in this lock, like change room and watch you. Like, this is cool. She's an angel. She comes she, with me. Was she his dog or your dog or you got her together? We got her together. Oh, she is mm-hmm. an angel. Well, I'd love to meet her someday. I would love to drink Pompette with you in person eventually. You are just kicking ass and you're such a joy to kind of just follow along. I think just put light into the world and you're radiating always. And you're really, I mean it, aspirational and just the way to like maximize life. It's like you're just living the fairy tale and we are out here rooting for you. So I I really appreciate you taking the time. No, it's a pleasure. I'm so happy that you're doing this and we were able to catch up. And I hope that I get to come to LA sometime this summer. Maybe that would be ideal. And we can do a, a Pompette and puppy hangout. Pompette, puppy. I mean, if you <laughs> brought Kevin, my 20-year-old Austin wouldn't hate it. You know, he's <laughs> a like fanatic. I mean, that would score me some major points. We do have a basketball goal in our front yard because we are from Indiana. So Oh, basketball's in our blood. So you're all welcome. And until then, good luck with the wedding planning and we'll see you soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind the scenes action and more info. That's at I am Kat Sadler on Instagram and at APD with Kat. Talk to you next Tuesday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.